Oh, turn it up. Speaking of, did you get your Icon Pass yet, Sean? I'm on IconPass.com dropping in right now. Wow, from just two fifty nine adult. Okay, done. Thanks to the work of folks like Jim Henson and Fred Rogers, generations of children have grown up with friendly puppets, teaching them, encouraging, and being a friend on days when the world feels lonelier than it should for a child. Henson's puppets were more exciting, actually being larger than life, while Rogers' puppets used softness and empathy to connect with audiences of children and their parents who were listening from just the other side of the wall. Bert and Ernie, King Friday, Kermit the Frog, Big Bird, Daniel Tiger, Fozzie Bear, Mr. Snuffleupagus, Henrietta Pussycat, and Oscar the Grouch were all vehicles through which educational lessons and mantras for living life could be transmitted with tenderness and grace. Even Statler and Waldorf were able to show tenderness and grace while retaining their unique personality. Wait a minute. Those guys look familiar to you? Huh. How did I not see that before? The use of puppets to teach and entertain is not limited to children. In comedy, puppets say the things that well-adjusted and good-mannered people would never say in front of company or at least in front of their dear, sweet granny. Comic Jeff Dunham, depending on your perspective, either entertains or annoys his audiences with the help of puppets. We've jumped from where we were last Sunday in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke all the way up to the 13th chapter, and much has happened in Jesus' ministry throughout those nine chapters that we skipped over. And I'm not going to recap it for you because I know in 40 minutes you have brunch reservations. But what you need to know is that Jesus had been teaching and healing and irritating the Pharisees all along the way. And today, Jesus is looking over Jerusalem, David's city, when the Pharisees warned Jesus that Herod wanted to have him killed. Herod was the hand-picked puppet ruler. He was regional, middle management at best. And according to the Pharisees, this guy wanted Jesus dead. This is the same Herod that had John the Baptist beheaded. Were the Pharisees giving Jesus a fair warning? Were they doing him a solid by letting him know that Herod wanted to kill Jesus? Maybe. Luke does recount Herod questioning who and what Jesus was doing. Luke wrote, Herod the ruler heard about everything that was happening. He was confused because some people were saying that John, John the Baptist, had been raised from the dead. Others that the prophet Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the ancient prophets had come back to life. And Herod said, I beheaded John. So now who am I hearing about? Herod wanted to see him. I'm going to leave that part of it for you all to figure out, maybe today, tomorrow, or next time Pastor Jeff's preaching.
But today I want us to look at Herod of Antipas, the puppet ruler of first century Galilee. You might remember Herod from Christmas. Well, the Sunday after Christmas, when the scriptures tell us that he ordered the slaughter of every newborn male in Bethlehem, infant side, in an attempt to stop the inbreaking of God in the Bethlehem manger. Herod began his career, his reign as an aspiring administrator, and was eventually named King of the Jews. And that title will become problematic for Jesus as we approach Good Friday. Herod's building projects may have won over some of the citizens living under his rule, but at the end of the day, it was Herod's job to do the bidding of the Roman Empire. He was a puppet of Mark Anthony and Augustus. St. Luke places before us two kings. One, the puppet king who would build his, for his own glory and his own gain. And Jesus, the king of kings who continually pointed to the one who had sent him to reveal the goodness of God's grace and who would save all who had turned away from God. The puppet king and the king who laments over Jerusalem because Jerusalem is no longer the city that it had been established to be. Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who have sent you, how often have I wanted to gather your people just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing? But you didn't want that. Look, your house is abandoned. I tell you, you won't see me until the time comes when you say, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is lamenting what might have been. He's grieving what could have been for Jerusalem. He laments that the people and rulers, including Herod, who, as Bishop Will Willimon puts it, have sunk to the replication of the worst aspects of their own history rather than following their better angels. Jesus is told that Herod wants him dead. And instead of running to hide, Jesus laments because as Jesus sees it, Jerusalem has lost its way. The hand-picked, empire-colluding king is the least of Jesus' problems. And this moment brings him to the brink of tears. Jesus wanted to gather all of Jerusalem under his wing. Jesus is seeking to gather all of creation under his wings. And yet, we responded to his love with the cries of crucify him. It's extremely easy to criticize Herod, the puppet king, in 2022, because hindsight is nearly 2020. But we can take a deeper look at Herod through a moment of self-reflection. There are times in our own lives when we are followers of a puppet, someone propped up to do the dirty work of another, or worse, we prop somebody else up to do our dirty work because we know what we've asked them to do is flat-out wrong, and we want to keep our hands clean, even if our consciences will not be. In a world of Herod's, Jesus is offering us an alternative. 
in a world of mouthpieces and actors doing the bidding of those who wish harm on others or to advance an unjust agenda, Jesus is extending an invitation to a new way of living. And this invitation does not have an expiration date. Lent is a 40-day season for us to mourn the ways we have disappointed not just ourselves, but also God with the things we have done and the things we have left undone. In Lent, we remember that as we lament and repent, Jesus is gathering all of us up and preparing us to be sent out, not to do his dirty work, but to transform the world alongside him. The mission of the church is to transform the world through discipleship. That means pointing away from ourselves and towards the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. The transformation of the world through our own transformation. Transformation through grace. Transformation through transformation. Not through puppetry or dirty work. Transformation through the faithfulness of the one who did not turn his back after lamenting that we had turned our backs on him. And the good news is that as you have been gathered and as we have been sent out together, we've not been sent out covered in the dirt that the world has smeared on you by the puppets who would like to think that they can leave a lasting impact on your life. In the gathering of Jesus Christ, in Christ gathering us all together, we have been made clean. The cause of Jesus' lament is our sin, but our sin does not hold the final word. Jesus has invited us to stop the puppet shows, especially Jeff Dunham, and to point to, and to step into his grace under his wing of love, protection, and transformation. Amen.